the scenes with drama queens and heroes Acted out there on the silver screen Come grab a seat, popcorn is on me Hello, welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I uh, really appreciate you spending time with us as we talk cinema, film, and all things related. Thomas Manning over here uh, to my right, dig that shirt, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, before we went to air, Greg Tillman was sharing about this uh, great concert. He got to check out Fleetwood Mac a few years ago, but got to check out Lindsey Buckingham as well. It's a band you've always wanted to see, Thomas. Yeah, yeah, and Stevie Nicks was actually supposed to be playing in Atlanta recently, and uh, that was that show was you know, cut from her schedule. And uh, I was planning on making that trip. It didn't happen. Uh, it's a regret that I'm going to have for a while, or yeah. regret that it didn't happen at all. So. Yeah, and there is a, a connection. The, today's show, just so you know, it's a this is one of those special shows. It's like an after-school special show. We're going to talk about things relating to stones, pebbles, quarries, or the like. Uh, and, and, and the reason is, uh, Greg Tillman's made fun of me for years. Greg Tillman, there he is, uh, back there, uh, Mission Control. Uh, he's made fun of me for years because I've had kidney stones as long as I've known him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like every few years I have a really bad bout of kidney stones. And, uh, you know, recently uh, we, we had some kidney stones. And so if, if you're watching this two years down the road, recently probably was, yeah, just like yesterday because it does happen. Uh, and Greg, do you have the uh, – did you ever get x-rays, uh, those x-rays from the last – bout of stones that I had. Did you ever get those? You didn't get those? It doesn't matter because I actually have uh, the stone here. This is the the, the kidney stone um, that, that uh, they took out on me. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty painful. I'm just glad I didn't have to pass this one. Hey, so it's so smooth on the other end of it. It really too, is. So like... It really is. Well, I was taking this uh, South African herb, and I think it was actually starting to, to smooth it out and to make it smaller. Yeah. So today we are going to celebrate Things relating to stones, rocks, uh, pebbles, and granite. So what does Fleetwood Mac have to do with that? Oh, well, Landslide is one of their best songs. Uh, landslide, you just climb the mountain, you yeah. turn around. That's it. There you go. There you go. So everything that we're going to talk about does relate to, to those particular items. Uh, Cliffhanger, uh, a film that I loved. Uh, my wife and I loved these disaster films, these action films. Uh, Cliffhanger from 1993 with Sylvester Stallone. Still one of those I go back to. Uh, and so, of course, hanging off a cliff, you can't help but think about the stones and th things that go along with that. Love that film. I revisit it every few years, and it still holds up. I mean, there's some things like the music, the score could change. And I've said that about a lot of films, Thomas, that if you go back and change the score, you know, maybe tweak the sound design, you still have a film that, that holds up quite well. I believe, uh, yeah, the score of that film was, was it Trevor Jones, maybe? Uh, it may have been. Yeah, yeah. It may have been. But, who um, we know from last Mohicans, yeah. of course, which we'll talk about a little bit later yeah. on. Yeah, maybe. but so Cliffhanger <laughs> uh, on my list of films relating to stones, granite, quarries, and such. Yeah, yeah, so uh, we're going to go right into last the Mohicans. You know, I don't know if we've ever talked about that on this show or not. I don't I, either, man. Maybe, maybe once or twice <laughs> in the past at some point, but uh, well, well, you can never talk about it too much. Exactly. So uh, this exactly. was filmed in Chimney Rock, North Carolina just down the road here from Shelby and uh, and other know, parts of North Carolina right right and uh, this is one of the most picturesque movies to ever capture the beauty of North Carolina and uh, you know the final like 15 to 20 minutes you have this foot chase literally up a mountainside with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis just running up the side of a cliff and uh, just that the final confrontation there with Magua yes. is um, you know one of the most just brutal 
final, you know, final battles in a film that I've seen. And uh, it's uh, just everything about this movie I adore from top to bottom, but it's always going to feel like home to me just watching yeah. it. And uh, I guess technically the film itself took place in upstate New York, but it was filmed in right here in the mountains of North Carolina. Yeah, so you, always got to show some love to Alaska yeah, Higgins. Yeah, and it's a, it's a film that I watch every year and it still holds up. Um, I think um, this past summer, did you watch it with me this past yeah, summer? Yeah, we did and uh, mom as well. Yeah, it, it's, still, it's still just such a solid film and um, I've talked to people who weren't even born like you when this film happened and they, they go back and watch it and talk about how beautiful it is and so it is one that holds up. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis in Last of the Mohicans filmed at Chimney Rock uh, as part of our um, Rock Stones and Granite special. I'm going to go with Rock Hudson uh, on my list, especially the movie Giant uh, from 1956, uh, an Oscar nomination there, and also Pillow Talk from uh, 1959, uh, Tony Randall, uh, Doris Day in that film. Uh, that was the first of three films that Rock Hudson, Doris Day, and Tony Randall did. Did several together. Uh, and then several Oscar nominations for that too. But Rock Hudson, just uh, a legend uh, and, and one worthy of discussing and worthy of talking about right here on this particular Meet Me the Movie special. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna jump off that and talk about School of Rock. This is the 2003 film directed by Richard Linklater. It is starring Jack Black. It might be my favorite Jack Black movie. And uh, it's all about the power of music and rock and roll. It's just to bring people together and uh, to you know have people find ways to get over their obstacles and get through whatever it is they're working through in their life. How the power of music is just so unbelievably just influential in that. Um, you know, I've always thought that Linklater is great at capturing human emotions in really honest and authentic and relatable ways. And uh, you know, the soundtrack you have, rock bands uh, from the 70s, 80s, you got The Who, you got some Clapton in there, you got some Led Zeppelin. And AC DC as AC well. DC and Stevie Nicks. Yeah. So um, it's it's a great, great film about rock music. I think classic rock, or I guess from your, your day, it might have been just rock. <laughs> um, yeah, That's um, right. probably my favorite genre of music. And uh, so this, this film is one that um, you know, never fails to bring a smile to my face. I can just pull up a single clip, watch yep. it on YouTube, and uh, it just you know, fills me with just warmth. So. That's a film that, School of Rock is one that I will go back to time and time again. And if I'm ever just channel surfing and it's on, I have to stop and watch it for a few minutes. It's just one of those films, and there are certain films over the course of my time in viewing and reviewing films that if I see it, I have to stop and just embrace it for just a little bit, and School of Rock is definitely uh, one of those uh, for me. Uh, there was a film called The Rocker uh, that's a, a rock and roll kind of film um, that starred Emma Stone. See that? Stones and Rock, Emma Stone. Yeah. She was in The Rocker in 2008, but she was also in The Crudes one and two, which was a Stone Age type of uh, animation, uh, and that was from 2013 and 2020. 2020. I love Emma Stone um, in so many different films, and I can, you know, I can just name the things. I loved her in the Spider-Man's. I loved her in Birdman. La La Land. La La Land. Uh, the favorite um, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, she's just, she's just one of these that's just a, a solid talent. And she is so much more than um, most people gave her credit for when she first started out. And I think she's one of these, um, these talents that's kind of um, unassuming. You, you don't expect her to be as good as she is, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, fun fact about Emma Stone, one of her first credits was actually a voice credit 
of the inner monologue of a dog from Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. <laughs> I think it was, uh, so London Tipton was character yes. played by Brenda Song, and it was like London Tipton had a little pet dog who uh, had this inner monologue. You could hear her thoughts, and the, the voice of that was Emma Stone, wow. if I recall correctly. Yeah. I did not know yeah. that, and if you're, if you're wrong, we're going to get that non-viewer mail letting us know that, yes, you were wrong. Well, uh, you know, if you're looking at the, uh, if, you're, if you're watching this on TV, you see this, uh, this graphic behind us, and Greg Tillman thought that the middle person in the graphic was Don Knotts, but that's not. That's actually Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones. So uh, anything relating to the Rolling Stones connected to any uh, films that you want to talk about? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to talk about The, the Departed, uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. And Scorsese has been a fan of Rolling Stones really since day one. His whole career, he's found a way to incorporate them into the soundtracks of his films. But The Departed was in 2006, and uh, this Gimme Shelter uh, was yes. used in the opening of this film. And the opening is like there's a montage mixed with a voiceover from Jack Nicholson and uh, really just blends into the scene and the atmosphere. Uh, introduces us to this, this really grimy mobster character that Nicholson plays and he shows how he runs the street of Boston. It shows how everybody kind of fears and respects him and then just, you know, Gimme Shelter is blending in and out with his, with his voiceover and uh, just phenomenal introduction to the, the stakes and the, uh, the, the emotional environment and, um, you know, how, uh, you know, just all, I think a lot of that goes also back to production design and cinematography, just capturing that mood and the atmosphere and, uh, you know, it's all, all with the Rolling Stones' Gimme Shelter playing underneath it. So. Well, when we first started talking about doing this special show on uh, rocks and stones and granite and, and such, we, we were initially thinking about, well, let's look at uh, the best use of music from the Rolling Stones within a movie uh, or a film. And there's, there have been so many that have utilized uh, songs from from the Stones, and that's a, that's a great choice. Any others come to mind for you that, that you wanted to make sure you mentioned? Oh, let's see. Um, out of Time in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, there's, this was like in the, the introduction to the third act of the movie. Uh, there was like a time jump, for like a six-month time jump, and then there's this uh, montage of the Hollywood, like a day in Hollywood, and yeah. then Out of Time starts playing as the, the lights are starting to light up throughout the city of 60s Hollywood, yeah. and uh, I can just think to that and see just pretty much I almost have that entire montage to memory yeah. just because I've watched it so many times yeah. and just have fallen in love with it. And uh, it's, yeah, so i got to mention uh, yeah, Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Out of Time sequence. Yeah, and you know, the Stones um, had a cover of the Harlem Shuffle, uh, which was an older song. And every time, well, what's interesting is every time I hear the Harlem Shuffle, I think about the Stones' version of it. Uh, but also every time I think about the Harlem Shuffle, I think about Baby Driver. Yeah, and yeah. That, the, uh, that opening, that opening scene, that's just um, just an amazing, probably one of the best opening scenes um, of, of you know of, of any film. It's it's at the top of my list. That is for sure. Uh, well, I want to talk about another Stone. Oliver Stone uh, is someone that uh, I have followed for years and. Uh, the movie The Doors is one that I'm going to particularly talk about because I think it's uh, probably an underrated film for Stone. Val Kilmer uh, was in this starring as uh, Jim Morrison uh, from 1991, uh, Meg Ryan also in this, and it really follows the, the life story of, of The Doors, the band The Doors, the rock band uh, The Doors, and I, I think it's a film that more people need to see. It was truly underappreciated during awards season, and it, it got my picks 
uh, for some of the best uh, of that particular year from 1991. Uh, check out Oliver Stone's The Doors if you've not had an opportunity to do that. You are watching maybe the movies or listening to it right here on C19 TV or WGWG.org. And this is the Rockstones and Granite and Pebbles special of Meet Me in the Movies where we're talking things relating to those topics. So hang around. After this quick intermission, we're going to come back and talk more uh, about movies related to Rockstones, Granite and Pebbles. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Millions of doses have already been given in the United States, and these vaccines have the most intensive safety monitoring in U.S. history. If you have questions, get answers from a reliable source. CDC.gov. Sarah Miller, the host of Artworks. Each month we bring to you wonderful, talented artists from here in, in Cleveland County and, and the region. We have artists, we have potters, we have painters, we have musicians, we have actors. We just have wonderful artists that come to you and tell you about all that they're doing, their creativity, what inspires them. Join me here on Artworks each month on C19. You can also watch us online at c19.tv. Cleveland Community College has identified strengthening online learning as the topic for its quality enhancement plan. We're calling it SOUL. SOUL's five-year implementation plan is focused on continuous improvement of online courses and promoting student success. We're excited for you to take this journey with us. Hello, welcome back to Meet Me in the Movies. I'm Noel T. Manning II, back on Mission Control. That is uh, Greg Stone Cold Tillman. That's right, Greg Stone Cold Tillman. Uh, Thomas uh, Manning, uh, Thomas Landslide Manning, uh, right over here. We're talking movies related to stones, rocks, granites, and maybe pebbles. Uh, we'll see kind of how we go. Before the break, Thomas, uh, I talked about uh, Oliver Stone, and you were asking something during the break. Yeah, yeah. For someone who hasn't seen maybe any Oliver Stone films at all, I'm not naming names, but <laughs> if you wanted to recommend maybe three to five really strong Oliver Stone films for, for them to check out, yeah. get familiar with, what would you suggest? Well, Greg Tillman and I, we conversed during the break, and during the break, um, here, here are five we came up with. Uh, JFK, one of my all-time favorite Stone films, uh, you know, kind of a, a controversial, controversial and conspiracy-driven version of looking at JFK and, and what happened there. 
but well worth uh, the, the watch. I remember watching that film, and the editing was absolutely, absolutely blew me away. And they used uh, just tons of different uh, film stock. So from a, from a movie-making standpoint, uh, to study cinema, watch JFK. Platoon, Born on the Fourth of July, uh, uh, an interesting double feature looking at war. And uh, Platoon, uh, the book was written by, um, by Dale Dye, who, um, uh, Captain Dale Dye, who I worked with on Last of the Mohicans. Yeah, he, he um, helped uh, train some of the tr soldiers. Right, right yeah. yeah, and he also was, um, he was the uh, kind of the boot camp guy for all of those in the movie Platoon as well. He was a consultant, born on the 4th of July. A talk radio is one that's kind of another under-the-radar Oliver Stone film that's well worth checking out, and then Wall Street. So those are the ones uh, on our list, our, kind of our take five of Stone, if you want to add the doors uh, back before the break, that's take six. Uh, so speaking of five and six, Thomas, you've got something, uh, I think, relating to something very fast and furious, maybe. That is correct. So we're talking about Fast Five, the uh, 2011 film that changed the Fast and Furious franchise forever. Uh, when they bring in Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, he's the basically he's the antagonist in this film. Eventually, later on, the franchise becomes a protagonist, but he's and even as a spinoff. He does Hobbs <laughs> and Shaw, but uh, he yeah he does play Luke Hobbs. He's a government agent that they send in to take down Dominic Toretto, uh, Vin Diesel, and the crew. Uh, and but by the end of the movie, they, they kind of have a mutual respect for one another, and they actually yeah do become allies. Uh, but you know this is the movie where the action really just goes off the charts, and uh, this was the one. They marked a transition period uh, for everything that we've seen over the past four films. Now they're in space in the most recent one. Uh, but really all this action movie insanity was made possible when you bring in someone who literally looks like a superhero. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, uh, just he, he looks like a brick wall. He is, they call him The Rock for a reason. Yeah. And um, so it was the energy that he brought that uh, made the Fast and Furious franchise um, it rebooted really, it. really, yeah, really the premier, just wild, bonkers action American franchise of um, of the past twenty years because they brought in Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, and and it keeps getting more and more crazy. Yeah, uh, but it works within the environment that that happened and really was launched, like you said, when when Dwayne the Rock Johnson came came yeah. on board. He wasn't even, even in the last one at all, was he? No, and he might be completely exiting from the franchise because yeah. maybe a beef with Vin Diesel. We don't know how much of that is real, how much of it is just for show, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm really hoping that he might come back at some point. They might kind of work out their issues, but um, yeah, cause, because he... Um, He's really just one of the most charismatic and charming yeah. action stars to watch, and I'd love to see him come back to the franchise in some capacity. Yeah, he's, uh, to me, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a movie star. And when we've had other movie stars that have come from uh, you know, worlds not connected to acting, I mean, I look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, you know, back if you look in the 50s, there were, uh, there were other actors who were these kind of muscle men that became movie stars. Uh, and, and it is definitely that way with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And what I love about, about him is that he knows what he does well, and he plays to it. He can play comedy. He can do action, of course. We don't really see him doing a lot of drama unless it's wrapped up in either an action-type film. But there are a lot of films over the, the past you know, decade or so that I will go back to just for an enjoyment aspect that, that he's been connected to. I'll look at disaster films, uh, San Andreas, uh, Skyscraper, while they may not be critic-loved films, they're films that I enjoy and my wife and I enjoy as well.
And they make bank at the box office too. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And and for him, he's not looking for an Oscar. You know, he it's he's making money uh, acting, and he's not having any trouble. Yeah. Um, getting acting gigs. He's also yeah. going to be in a superhero film. Yeah, yeah, Black Adam, which is uh, within the, the Shazam continuity there. Uh, he's basically going to be the villain of Shazam, the Zachary Levi, uh, or played by Zachary Levi. So I'm really, really looking forward to that one. I think he is teaming back up with a director that directed Jungle Cruise. They worked together on that. So uh, Black Adam with Dwayne with The Rock Johnson. Uh, be on the lookout for that one. Yep. Yep. Uh, I will. Uh, I'm going to switch gears and talk documentaries. Um, back in 2018, uh, the one of the best documentaries of that year was a movie called Free Solo, and uh, I have seen that documentary at least five times. And uh, it, it's rare that I'm going to go back and revisit a doc over and over and over again, unless it relates to films. Uh, but but this one uh, is is truly just fascinating to see someone choosing to scale mountains without any kind of uh, wires or safety nets and to do it because he feels compelled to do it and to do it in spite of what may happen to him. He may, you know, it's truly a death-defying documentary uh, that, that you will uh, watch in watching Free Solo. If you haven't seen it, it is just truly fascinating on so many uh, different levels. The cinematography will blow you away that they were able to, to capture these shots. It won multiple awards during award season, including cinematography uh, awards as well. And the uh, uh, directors of that are actually um, have directed a film called The Rescue uh, that has uh, Ian Seabrook uh, doing underwater uh, cinematography, looking at the rescue uh, of these uh, these trapped. Uh, trapped miners. Yeah. So um, highly recommend uh, that as well. But, uh, but yes, uh, the movie is Free Solo. Yeah. Have you? Did you get a chance to see Free Solo on the big screen at all? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, I yeah. did. It yeah. was. It was. It, yeah. The again, one of those films that the bigger the screen, the better for you, just because of the scope of what is happening. It's it's all about. Some films are environmental in nature. And uh, you want to take in as much of that, uh, you know, that exterior cinematography as possible. And, and Free Solo was just one of those. Uh, after I watched that documentary, I, I wanted to, to download uh, from Electronic Press Kit some of the stills. And I've actually used some of those stills on my desktop uh, at my office. I did that probably for a couple of years because it was just mesmerizing. Yeah. So that is Alex Honnold is the uh, Free Solo climber. I believe that's his name. Uh, but also, kind of transitioning from that, we're going to be talking about Tom Cruise, who is himself quite the daredevil, as we all know. Oh, heck uh, yeah, man. He does his own stunts, not, not for a documentary. He just does them in movies, movie, like narrative features themselves, just because he, he's, uh, he's a crazy person. He's, he's, <laughs> he's amazing. Um, and so we're talking specifically about Mission Impossible Fallout from 2018, the most recent uh, Mission Impossible film. And this is a movie filled with some of the most ambitious and mind-boggling practical stunts uh, from the halo jump in the first 20 minutes, you know, high, high altitude, low opening jump over the city of London. Uh, then you have the stairs and rooftops chase where uh, Tom Cruise literally broke an ankle filming that and kept going to get the, make sure he got the cut. And uh, then, but it's the final set piece where he's piloting a helicopter through these really craggy and mountainous landscapes. That's where the rocky part comes in. Uh, he, this was filmed in New Zealand, but he's, he trained for 2,000 hours to learn how 
to pilot a helicopter like this. And this is in the middle of everything else he's doing as a you know as a movie star and as a yeah. storyteller. And a producer he's a, pro as he's a well. producer on yeah. the film. So to find two thousand hours to learn how to pilot a helicopter like that through mountains, it's it is truly uh, truly insane feat. Uh, and then in the final cliffside scene, he has a melee with Henry Cavill's character. Uh, this part was filmed in Norway, but it's just a really brutal scene that's put, kind of pushing the boundary of that PG-13 rating because of the, uh, you know, because it's on a cliffside, and as you can as you can tell, that can get pretty violent when there's two guys just going at oh, each yeah. other. So, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I, I talked to a cinematographer who had worked with Tom Cruise, and uh, and he said that you know for the, for those scenes, for those stunts, those those really immersive stunts that. Tom knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he wants, and uh, he'll actually talk to the cinematographer and say, "Here's exactly what I'm going to do. Here's the beat I'm going to do it on, uh, and just be ready." And so, even as he's performing as an actor, he's also thinking, as from a director's standpoint, of you know, make sure you capture this because this is gonna be the money shot, basically. And, and that just kind of blows me away about, you know, this guy who started, you know, as a teenager, you know, doing some, some films, and here we are decades later, and he's still, a every time he does a film, he's a box office draw, yeah. um, in recent years anyway. He started out with basically rom-coms and coming-of-age comedies. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah. now, <laughs> yeah. now he's Here this. he is, he's the guy, yeah. he's the guy. Uh, Jimmy Cliff is known as a, uh, a songwriter and a musician, uh, a lot of reggae type, type music. In 1972, you see that Jimmy Cliff, that's where the connection is. Like what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. The Harder They Come was a very influential film uh, that came, out, uh, came to the international market from the Caribbean, probably the, still one of the most influential films from that time period. Uh, Jimmy Cliff was an actor in that, as well as having four songs on the soundtrack, The Harder They Come from 1972. Yeah, and uh, I'll briefly touch on Parasite here at the end. Uh, this is one of my favorite films of the past decade, uh, that won Best Picture in 2019, directed by Bong Joon-ho. And yeah, we have The Rock right here. Uh, so there is a rock that is gifted to a family in this film, and it's supposed to represent good luck and great wealth, you know, great fortune, that kind of thing. And the film itself, the, the film itself is so thematically layered, and you could probably teach an entire college semester's worth on just this film, um, and how, you know, what it says about capitalist societies and also family, greed, honor, and loyalty. Uh, but the rock, the rock keeps coming back to the yeah. forefront of all of those themes, and yeah. it's kind of a, um, you know, it's very cyclical in nature. The way the rock is introduced, and the way the rock is, um, you know, the final shot of uh, the film. Or excuse me, the rock isn't the final shot of the film, but you know, the rock is uh, there at the end in the closing, and uh, just, um, you know, it's all connected from a, uh, you know, emotional and philosophical standpoint. So, um, you know, parasite. Cannot say enough about this movie. Um, it is one that I could talk about for hours on end, but yeah, The Rock in Paris. Yeah, and, and also I, I think it's symbolic of the things that can weigh you down or the things that you let weigh you down. And, and rocks, by their very nature, uh, are things that can do that, especially if they're tied to your ankles and you're thrown overboard in a ship. So, uh, yeah, just try to stay away from that if possible. Uh, a couple more I will just uh, briefly mention. John Goodman in uh, 1994's the Flintstones, uh, and if you want to uh, you know, do a double feature, uh, why not throw in uh, Jurassic Park from 1993. Uh, appreciate you guys spending time with us 
as we talk of rocks and stones, granites and pebbles. And you can also find pebbles in the Flintstone movie as well. Movie quote of the week does come from the Flintstones. This comes from uh, Cliff uh, Vander Cave. Uh, somewhere down there is the ignorant stooge who will make all of my schemes come true. All of them. Uh, meet me at the movies. I'm Noel T. Manning II. Thomas Manning over there. Thanks for uh, spending time with us, buddy, and uh, the landslide. Thomas the Landslide Manning, uh, Greg Stone Cold Tillman. What? Wait, that's not Greg Tillman. What the? What the? What the? That's not Greg. Man, it's a body switch. Freaky Friday body switch there. Got me on that one, man. Well, we appreciate you guys spending time with us right here on Meet Me at the Movies. You can always catch us at C19 TV. Uh, info at C19 TV is where you can email us that non-viewer mail at wgwg.org. It's where you will find the radio and podcast version. So until next time, uh, for all, all of us here, the cast and crew, we do appreciate you. And that is a wrap. Oh, ho, ho, ho.